Welcome back to another episode of Ambushed. This one is called The One on Transforming Pain. So, if this is your first time listening, uh, my name is John, and I was trained as a pastor, yet I felt like I wanted to do something extra on the side. And so that's what this is. This is me trying to offer something good to the world that Yes, it often has something to do with faith or the Bible or something else, but not necessarily. Uh, Today is really just going to be a whole episode of some observations and some wisdom that I've either had told to me or I've had the hard time of learning (laughs) on my own. So thank you for listening. I meant to record one last week, but as you might be able to tell, my voice is still a little off because I was sick, and uh, it's kind of hard to record something when you're coughing so much into the mic. So thank you for for checking this out. Thank you for listening. And uh, here's what I'm going to do. I was told by a few people that they enjoy listening to this, maybe while they are in the car or working out or on a walk or something else. That's all great. But I'm actually sitting at my own desk right now at home. And uh, I had some people say that they kind of enjoy listening because it seems like they're seated across the table from me and we're just having a conversation as if there's kind of no one else in the room. And so I thought that was lovely. So hopefully you can experience this as though We're just sitting together at the same table having a conversation. So feel free to talk back to this episode as it's happening. Feel free to talk out loud and reply back. I won't hear it, but you know what? You do what you got to do. So this one is called The One on Transforming Pain. The title of this comes from uh, a a number of conversations I've had with people over the past couple months about how they experience pain. And you could say this could be trauma, sure, it could be emotional pain or just disappointment, but um, this is something that's baked into the human experience. Everyone is going to experience some amount of loss, some amount of disappointment, some experience of pain. And if you ask me, one of the best things that a coherent and helpful and healthy spirituality can do is it helps you weather those times. And we're not really taught how to have resiliency or even how to wrestle through some of those days that, well, it could be more than just a few days, could be months, weeks, or years, but this whole world that we live in seems to encourage trying to numb yourself to your own pain. Have you experienced that? Or maybe it encourages you to distract yourself, to entertain yourself from the pain that you have. But you know what? As soon as the movie is done, your pain is still there. And maybe you have a moment where the numbness uh, fades away for a bit and you remember that you have some hurt still within you. So this is just an episode that it's not. it may not flow. It may not because it's just a, a series of observations and I tried to put them in order that I thought would be helpful um, but let's just have a conversation, okay? And uh, 
I really hope that it's helpful to someone. Because like I said, some of these comments I'm about to make are ones that people have made to me personally or are ones that I have come to on my own as a result of no longer trying to numb or entertain myself from the hurt and the pain that I've experienced in life. And so let's get into it. And and hopefully this will bless you in some meaningful way. All right? So I'm going to imagine you sitting across the table from me right now. Here we go. <clears throat> I already kind of mentioned this first one. The first observation I have is that if you have hurt or pain or some amount of loss in your life, one of the best things that you can do and I can do is to stop denying it and just acknowledge that it exists. Uh, I think we all have a tendency, well, maybe not just to deny it, but sometimes we fixate on our pain or our hurt. Sometimes we repress or deny it. And then sometimes we justify it and we want to cling on to it. And, uh, None of those three are viable options if you want to continue growing and be healthy and be well and enjoy life and get the best out of it. One of the best pieces of wisdom that I was ever told was don't (laughs) pray that your pain, your hurt, your loss is gone. Don't ever pray it away. Instead, what you should do is pray that that pain, hurt, or loss gets transformed. And this is important because hurt people hurt people. You know, the people who have been wounded and haven't taken the time to actually uh, bandage their wounds again, even with the help of other people, will inevitably go around and start hurting other people, sometimes in unconscious or subconscious ways. And so... In order to love other people well, you may need to stop fixating, denying, or justifying it all, and instead just just acknowledge that there is some degree of hurt or pain or loss in your life. That's just the first one. And uh, I have, what was it over here? Eight total, eight observations. But the first one really is just acknowledge it. Just acknowledge it. You don't have to justify it. You don't have to explain it. You don't have just to just say out loud, I have hurt. And there's something that's liberating in even saying that. So maybe take a moment. I'm going to give you some silence right now and say out loud, I have hurt, pain, or loss. Ready? Go. There you go. That's the first one. Sometimes to get over hurt or loss or pain, we just have to acknowledge its presence and stop running from that reality. Number two is now that you've acknowledged it, do an honest appraisal or assessment of how much of that hurt or pain or loss is legitimately your fault. Because 
In addition to the honesty of the first one, just acknowledge the pain. Two, you also have to acknowledge how much of it you're responsible for. And maybe you're responsible for 100% of it because you're the one that really brought it all on. Maybe you are the one to blame for it all. But if you're only 50%, then own your 59% of it. Don't don't own 49% if you need to own 50% and don't own 51% if you need to only own 50%. Own your 50%. Because in addition to being honest and acknowledging that the pain, hurt, or loss exists, we all need to be honest with how much of it we are culpable for, how much of it we have to own. And just just think about this. You may need to scale back how much the blame falls on other people because you and I may may not want to own up to how much of the issue, how much of the pain is really our fault. And so we throw more of the blame of it all on someone else. But that's not helpful because it's not honest. And because it's not honest, it won't lead to health. So that's number two. Own exactly as much of all of it as you need to. And, and you might find yourself liberated in one sense because you're able to give up that percentage that you don't need to carry along anymore, you know? So that's number two. Third observation. And, and you can't ask this thing, you can't ask this too quickly. But ask what you have learned from the hurt, pain, or loss that otherwise you would not have been able to have learned if you had not gone through something, through some situation. Now, you may not be able to ask this question. Maybe the, the hurt, pain, or loss is too recent, and that's totally understandable. But at some point, once you're able to acknowledge it and then own however much of it you need to own, once you've given yourself some analytic distance from the thing, the hurt, the the pain or loss, the event that caused it all, once you have some distance from it, and once you're mature enough, I guess, in your mindset, ask yourself, what do you have to learn from this? that you otherwise never would have learned. You see, by doing that, you're actually taking the pain or the hurt or the loss and you're you're shifting from being the the victim to that of being a student. And that's something that we need to recognize. For a young child when they see somebody cooking on the stovetop and they see the flames, they might reach for it. At first they might reach for it and like, ah, and they get burned. Well, of course, in their mindset, they could say that they're the victim. However, let's be honest, pain, hurt, or loss can be one of the greatest teachers. And so how can we, once we've given enough time to the whole event that maybe brought all of this on, what does it look like for us to take a posture of being a student? And, and maybe you need to do this with other people. Maybe you need to do this with a counselor or maybe some very, very close friends. In order for you to transform your pain, you have to transform your relationship to it. To shift from being the victim of it all to that of being a student. 
Man, this is getting... I hope, I hope it's good. I'm still picturing you across the table from me. Or maybe if you're listening to this in the car, maybe you can imagine we're sitting in the driver's seat and passenger seat right next to each other too. Anyways, fourth observation. Um, once you've gone through and asked yourself what you have to learn from your pain or your hurt or your loss, um, it's a totally normal thing to recognize that something broke your heart to pieces. In fact, that's, that's a good thing. Maybe that's an overflow of uh, observation number one. Acknowledge the pain. But you know what? It, this is like getting a little bit more specific. Acknowledge that it shattered your heart. Now, there's, there's good news and there's bad news in the midst of all of it. The bad news, let's start with that, is that your heart got shattered. That's not good. Yet, the good news uh, is that your heart got shattered because in the time since, as you slowly glue the pieces back together of your shattered heart, your heart is going to be larger. Because now there's some, some glue that has filled in the cracks. And so now the heart is a little bit larger than it was before. And I think that's, maybe that's poetry, but I believe it's true that you can see and you can experience a certain depth and, and a certain largeness to the love of other people when you know that they've gone through pain, hurt, or loss um, well. Let's say that. That they've gone through it well. That they've learned how to reassemble their shattered heart in a larger way. And now they're capable of greater love because they've experienced the other side of the spectrum. That's number four. Ready? Number five, this is kind of like another lesson. Yeah, number four says that your heart can be put back together larger as a result of all of this. But five says, sometimes um, pain, hurt, or loss has a really profound way of peeling back the layers, of um, stripping off the veneer that sometimes we all have. The masks, you know, the the tropes. Sometimes it's really helpful to have some life event happen to us that causes us to give up trying to put on a show. And I've said this to a number of audiences before, but I mean, every single one of us have an original face. Let's say that. And over the years, we accumulate this perspective that I, you know what, I can't just be me. I need to put on a face that I believe other people will love more. And Thomas Merton writes about this quite a bit. And this whole fascination with the Enneagram that's going on right now is all about learning how to look through the mask and figure out what your true self looks like. Well, one of the positive outcomes of pain, hurt, or loss is that sometimes in those days, we just don't have the time or the energy or the desire to keep up that mask, to keep up that facade. And so sometimes that pain, hurt, or loss really brings out the authentic person beneath it all, right? I mean, pain, hurt, and loss 
Maybe you've experienced it in other people. It brought out a certain side and a depth to another person that you maybe never experienced before. And the same thing can happen for you and I. There is um, a stripping away facet to pain, hurt, and loss that, that it can kind of be a gift. You know, I just don't have the energy to cope keep up a front. So now when people ask me how I'm doing, I'm honest. I used to lie, but now I say, you know what, today's a hard day. The world needs less masks. It doesn't necessarily need more hurt, but it definitely needs less facades. And it needs more people who are willing to take down their mask and just be vulnerable, be real. Let's go to the next one. Number six, this is somewhat similar. So I really enjoy words. In Greek, the word for fire is pure, P-U-R. That when you go through a fire, and that can be a trial, tribulation, pain, hurt, or loss, the fire of that experience will purify you. And that's kind of a pun purify, fireify, to walk through that fire means that certain things that are on you and your character will be burned off, will, will be stripped away. It's kind of one of the, it's kind of another one of the gifts of pain, hurt, and loss. You, not only you don't have the energy to wear a mask anymore, and now you feel more free to be more real, but you also kind of stop caring about certain things, things that you used to think were very important, sometimes seem less important. And sometimes that's good. Sometimes if that goes too far and you don't care about anything, that's a problem. But there is a purifying that can happen through pain. And uh, it kind of reorients us. If we respond to it well, it can reorient us, right? It can show us what our true north is. Or it can remind us, at least, to go find our true north again. Because sometimes the pain happened because we lost our true north. Does that make sense? Number seven. Um, so I said at the beginning, I am trained as a pastor. So I, I really rely on biblical imagery and the vocabulary and the great philosophers that have come out of the church. I rely on a lot of them. But one of the most central images of the Christian tradition is Jesus being crucified. Now, <clears throat> what's really interesting about that event to me is that it's it's almost beyond meaning. And so because it's beyond meaning, it can have more than one meaning. And one of those meanings for me <laughs> is that pain itself can be redeemed. So in the Christian tradition, the, the story goes that Jesus died to save everything, to redeem the whole of everything. And that's part of the, the, the pun of it, right? Is that, yes, Jesus redeemed everything, but what about Jesus redeemed every experience? 
What if the thing, everything, isn't just material things, but also life experiences? What if on the cross, Jesus even redeemed pain itself so that even pain can have a positive outcome? What's fascinating to me is that what was a horrible event, the crucifixion of this innocent Jewish rabbi, Jesus, has been turned into and interpreted as the greatest good. And that's it. There might be a day when you look back at the pain and the hurt and the suffering that you've gone through. Maybe it was imposed on you. Maybe you brought it on yourself accidentally, whatever. There might be a day when you stop and you recognize that was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. But you're not saying that in a glib manner. You're not saying that in some... um, childish way but say yeah that event sucked but that event was what made me who I am today in the moment that was the worst thing in the world but now I look back and that thing kind of it kind of saved me in the long run um, here's another biblical imagery. The whole story of Jonah, right? Maybe you know this story where Jonah was a prophet that ran in the opposite direction from where he was supposed to go. And so in the midst of all of this, he was on a boat, got thrown off the boat in the middle of a storm, and he thought he was going to drown. And God sends a whale, and he's swallowed by a whale, and it's taken off in childhood cartoons. But that's just it. The whale maybe felt like damnation going into the mouth of the whale, right? But on the way out, when he got spit up again and landed on shore alive, not drowned, that whale transformed into being his salvation. And so if we want to transform our pain, we need to recognize that pain itself can be redeemed. That in the long run, maybe the pain or the hurt or our loss that we've experienced can somehow be something that that saved us and that's a really hard thing to say i don't i don't please don't take that in in a glib manner because the pain or the hurt and the loss that we go through in life is incredible i mean it's it's not something to be taken lightly and it can if we don't respond well to it, it can be something that destroys us. But I don't want it to destroy you, and so that's why I'm recording this. Respond to your pain in a way that somehow it gets transformed from being what felt like your damnation to somehow being a part of your salvation. That it saved you from something. However you understand God, however you understand the divine, however you understand the thing behind everything that keeps everything going, I'm pretty sure that force, that entity wants to see you and I thrive. I have one more observation. It's the last one. Ready? 
Number eight. At the beginning, I said, it's really important not to ask that the pain, the hurt, or the loss goes away, but instead ask that it gets transformed. That our pain, if we can get over uh, repressing it or fixating on it, if we can get over justifying it, if we can get over putting the blame for it all on other people when actually some of it's for us to own, you know, if we can get over all of these things, one of the things that can absolutely help is go to somebody that you trust. And this has got to be somebody very close, like somebody that knows you deeply. Maybe not somebody that has known you for a long time, but somebody that knows you deeply and ask them if you are transmitting your pain rather than letting it be transformed. Because like I said before, hurt people hurt people. If you don't respond to the wounds that you have in the proper way, you will inevitably wound other people in a similar manner. Maybe in a different way, but let's be honest, there are generational situations that happen in families, right? Because one person, great-grandpa or great-grandmother, did not respond well. And so they became an alcoholic. And thus began the four generations of alcoholism. And so that's why it's really important to respond to your pain in the proper way. Because if you don't, you could very well create a generational chain that could continue on for a long time. And so not just for your own benefit, but for the well-being of your family and the friends that you might transmit it to, ask people if you are transmitting your pain and then be willing to, to own what they answer with. Let them help be your compass that reminds you how to, all right, I need to change how I'm relating to some of this situation. In the Christian tradition, um, there's a statement that on the cross, Jesus birthed a new humanity. That in that pain, somehow he brought forth a new version of how to be human. Well, your pain can do the same thing for you. That your pain, your loss, your grief, your hurt, it, it has the potential, at least the potential, to birth a new you. A you that never could have happened before. A you that never would have been able to take off the mask and would have gone around all life trying to impress other people but never actually be real. This pain can birth a version of you with a larger heart for compassion that maybe since you've experienced deep grief or deep sadness, you have that look in your eye, you know, where you can see it. And someone else's face, even though you're smiling, you're like, oh, I see you over there. You're laughing. But I know those eyes. And those eyes tell me a different story. 
there's a certain level of awareness that can come out of all of this. That you might walk around and literally, I've done it a few times, it's happened a few moments in my life, where I've walked down the street and I've been able to notice somebody on the sidewalk walking past me very briskly on the next to their business meeting. Oh, I know those eyes. And so sometimes, if we can respond to our wounds well, (laughs) it's almost like our wounds can help give us a superpower. If we, if we want to have it, of recognizing when someone else also has wounds. Now, I want to finish all of this with just one single word. So if you know Lord of the Rings series, it's a great series. Um, J.R.R. Tolkien wrote the most famous trilogy that then went on and made, was made into a movie. But the books are fantastic. As a literary scholar and a professor, he he invented a new word. So you may very well know the word catastrophe, right? Uh, You may know that it means when some severe trauma happens to a character in in a book. Let's say you're reading something and a volcano erupts and just like decimates the whole town. I don't know, something like that. That's a catastrophe. Well, Tolkien was always fascinated by that word and how there's no inverse. So he invented a new literary term, catastrophe. Take catastrophe and add the EU at the front. EU just means positive or good. Whatever has happened to you as a catastrophe, be open to the fact that just as swiftly as maybe that came on you, that catastrophe that radically changed your life, that wounded you in a way that now you're left trying to figure out how you can put yourself back together better, you know, as swiftly as that came on you, that just as swiftly can you catastrophes happen. A brilliant, mesmerizing moment of beauty can happen to you. One of the unfortunate things about going through pain, hurt, or loss is we think life is full of catastrophes. And you know what? Yeah, life will have catastrophes in it. But it also has you catastrophes. Don't numb yourself to the fact that there are still sunsets. Don't deny the reality that, yes, you have had your heart shattered by something. But there are still flowers that bloom. There are still babies learning how to laugh. In the midst of all of this life, we have this fascination or fixation seven times more likely to fixate on the negatives. Don't do that. I did that. I have done that. And it cost me nights of sleep. And it maybe even cost me a couple years because I was more fixated on that negativity, on the catastrophes, 
And then you've got to stop and recognize this is not a mode of life of which I want to have. And then recognize, maybe it just starts with recognizing one you catastrophe a day. Maybe your life is like literally spiraling out of control. Yes, that's hard. Get a hold of that. Surround yourself with people that can help you reorient your whole life if you need that. But also pay attention, good golly, at least to the sunset, to the flowers, to the ladybug that landed on your knee, to the fact that you went out for ice cream with friends and the server accidentally gave you four scoops instead of three. A you catastrophe of a larger Sunday than you ordered is still a you catastrophe. Take your pain and hold on to it and demand that it bless you if you want to get through it a better person. You have that authority if you can say that from the pit and the core and the center of who you are. From the fibers of your own soul, hold that pain. Acknowledge it. Own as much of it as you need to. Ask what you could have learned from it or what you have to learn from it. Know that it has helped to put your heart back together larger. Thank it for helping to strip away the things, the masks that you wear. And thank it for reminding you to care about the right things. Recognize that that pain has, on one level, purified you by throwing you into fire. But then recognize that this pain may very well birth a better version of you. And so like I said, I'm I'm like holding my right hand in front of the microphone right now. Grab the pain, the hurt, and the loss and and transform it. Demand that it transforms into something that blesses you. Not that it goes away, but that it blesses you. And maybe by the midst of all of that, you will find that you're no longer transmitting your pain, but that you've transformed it and you've let it transform you. My goodness, just like the last episode, don't lose your suke. Let your soul metamorphize. Is that the word? <laughs> Let this pain change you from a caterpillar into a butterfly, into something more and more beautiful than you ever were before. It's going to take energy, mental, emotional, maybe even physical. It might take time, but this is an opportunity for you to learn and to grow because I'm convinced that whatever it is beneath and behind it's sustaining all things wants everything to work in your favor. That's all. I'm picturing you sitting across the table from me right now. I hope this, this has been helpful. And so I shall bid you adieu. May grace 
and peace be with you in every step of this journey.